We uh, welcome Kenny Sahaki to speak to us this morning and share God's Word with us. And uh, uh, thank you for coming. As far as prayer this morning, be in remembrance uh, Nancy Elmore. You can go ahead and come on up. Won't bother me. Uh, be in uh, remember Nancy Elmore. She continues to uh, to have treatments and and needs uh, God's presence. Uh, you'll see on the list Charlie Evans, uh, John Crane has had good days and bad days, and uh, we pray that uh, he will uh, see the end of this issue with uh, coronavirus. That's another prayer for those who are affected, whether they have it or they've had, had it, or they just know people who have that it affects everybody around us one way or another. Continue to be in prayer for Julie and her dad. He's uh, had surgery, and uh, we pray that uh, they will uh, continue to improve. They look forward to uh, a resolution of both situations. Be in prayer for our country's leaders and those who were in making decisions that affect us all. Um, remember our schools, our students and teachers, and those who are shut in not only from the virus but for other reasons as well let's pray father this morning we ask that you will be with us in in uh, this message from your word pray that you will be with the speaker this morning give kenny the words to speak to us father we ask that you'll be with the kids with lessons and with the classes afterwards continue to speak to us and relieve us of the fear of of what life holds for us we ask that you'll be with all of these that we've mentioned this morning those who are sick or facing surgery the schools that are having trouble uh, with the dealing with the whole coronavirus situation Pray for the teachers who have to manage the classes and, and do it still while uh, keeping safe. Pray that you'll be with our country's leaders and our state's leaders and our local leaders and that you will give them wisdom and knowledge in how to work and uh, guide and um, not only be uh, in the position they're in, but to receive wisdom from you in how to face life and how to uh, lead and guide and direct along with you. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And before I get started here today, uh, well, I was talking about John Crane a little bit ago, and I believe he said he has been in the hospital since August 13th. Is that correct? Uh, if you want to, you can come up and we're going to pray for him. Or we can come meet you where you're at. <laughs> if anybody wants to, you're welcome to come gather around her at a social distance. 
spot. It's kind of different, but it's still the same thing. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for being able to be here today. Lord, as we know, he's had good days and bad days. And, Lord, we just pray that more good days are coming. Lord, we know that you're the one that can heal him no matter what. We know that the doctors are doing what they can, but you're the one that can truly heal him, Lord. God, we pray that he will have a recovery. He will be able to come home soon. And anything that the virus has done to him will be restored, Lord. We know that you are the healer and you will do what your word tells us you will do, Lord. And we declare by faith that he is healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He tested negative. He don't have it anymore, but he's got symptoms, you know. Yeah. Awesome. She said, in case you couldn't hear, he did test negative, but he does have symptoms still. Okay, we'll get started after I bug Nick for just a second. It says it's reconnecting. So I want to ask you a question today that you can answer in your head. You can answer out loud, I guess, if you want to. Uh, when I say the words completely devoted, what is it that comes to your mind? You can think about that for a minute. If you want to holler out an answer, you can. If not, just think about it. Um, are we having trouble with the slides back there? But it says it's reconnecting. We're having technical difficulties. Oh, never mind. I couldn't see that back there. Okay, anyway. Completely devoted is to be completely loyal, true, constant, dedicated, and devout towards someone or something. So, again, what does it mean to be completely devoted? What do you think about when I say those words? I went around, if I went around asking you for your answers on that, They'd probably be pretty good answers. Most of you probably have some kind of answer for that. But just to make sure you have a total understanding of it, I did want to put this up here. Again, to be completely loyal, true, constant, dedicated, and devout towards someone or something. People get devoted to all kinds of things. You get devoted to your work, sports, family. The list could go on and on, and I know with this cooler weather and stuff, is there anybody in here that does hunting, likes to hunt? There's a couple in here. A lot of people get devoted to that. A lot of people spend their whole paycheck, or more, I think, on different things, especially my brother. He, he's a hunting guru. I don't know what you would call him. The Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And I want you to think about that. What if the words, if God is for us, was out of that verse? What if it read, what then shall we say to these things? Who can be against us? That would read totally different than it is, wouldn't it? That would be completely different. It would be a whole different outcome. Because everybody can be against you. Parents can be. Isn't that right, Reuben? Hey, Marlon. <laughs> everybody can be against you. Bosses, parents. Teachers, friends, everybody. But that's not what the verse says. It says if God is for us, who can be against us? And the answer is nobody, right? Jesus has overcome the world. So that means absolutely nobody can be against us because anybody that could ever come against us, Jesus has already beat it. So there's nothing to worry about with that. 
whoever it is or whatever it is that comes against you never ever stands a chance because the God is for you, right? God is for you, which is going to be the whole theme of this message. You'll probably hear me say it over and over today, so hopefully you start getting used to that. For some people, this is easy. You know, they know God's with them all day, every day. They go through the day and they're like, yes, God is for me. God's with me. But for some people, sometimes people have a harder time with that. Sometimes people have a harder time believing that God is really for them, especially with the stuff that's going on in the world today. But if you're one of the ones today that's struggling with that, thinking, you know, is God really with me? Look at what's going on in my life. If you're one of the ones that's really struggling with that, I want to ask you a question. What is it that's standing in your way of you totally believing that God is really for you? What is it that's keeping you from believing that? Do you believe he's failed you and he's mad at you? Because I know a lot of us do that. We all fail him. The question is, do you believe he's mad at you or do you believe that he forgives you? Do you think he's forgot about you? There's a lot of people that have told me that over the years. Well, you know, I think God just don't even know about me anymore. I don't think he even cares. It's just, you know, he put me here and whatever. But that's not true. Did you lose somebody close to you maybe? That's a hard one. When people go through that, a lot of times they don't believe God is for them still. Uh, have you doubted your salvation or certain Bible topics at some time? And just a side note on that, if you have, it's, it's normal. And it's actually good as long as you actually dig into it and find out what you believe. So everybody doubts that sometimes. Everybody doubts their salvation. Everybody doubts certain Bible topics. But you need to get into that and really study it. And that's when you learn that God really is for you. Has life thrown you curveballs and made you wonder where God's at? Anybody can relate to that one? Especially with everything that's going on. Like my life is just falling apart. There is no way God is really for me. But no matter what has happened, God is for you. When I start saying that, y'all can start finishing it. So God is what? There you go. We're going to get it. These four words are so important. And I want you to say that to yourself. Except change you to me. God is for me. God is for me. One of the reasons this is so important is because what you believe about God's feeling towards you will directly affect how you live the rest of your life. That is so important with all kinds of things, but especially with this. And that's something I bet most of us have never really thought about because I didn't really think about it a whole lot until that line came to me when I was writing this. But how you believe God feels about you affects everything you do in life, your Christian life, and your just life in general. If you believe God's mad at you, or if you believe God's forgot about you or don't like you, or you believe God's being unfair to you or anything else that's negative, that's going to affect how you live your life. You know, if you believe that, it's going to be hard about getting, getting excited to come to church, isn't it? If you believe God's mad at you or being unfair, you're not going to be like, all right, let's go to church so God can be unfair to me some more. That's not going to be how it is. But the good news is God is what? Almost there. God is what? There we go. God is for you. He hasn't abandoned you no matter what. No matter what's going on in your life, God is still for you. He's still there. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to leave you forsaken. God is for you. He's not just putting up with you. Sometimes you have to put up with people you don't like, but that's not how it is with God. He does like every one of you. He loves every one of you. He's not just putting up with you. He knows you. He loves you. 
And one of the cool things I thought about when I was writing this too, we are the only thing that is created in God's image. You ever realize that? Of everything else that has been created, the world, animals, every single thing, we are the only thing that is created in His image. And the next thing I wrote on here has been really cool to me because it's like the song says, it's your breath in our lungs. It's literally God's breath in our lungs. But the cool part about that is the name of that song is Great Are You, Lord. When I got in the truck to come to church this morning, that song was playing. Y'all sing a different version of it today, but still the same song, Great Are You, Lord. So two different times that song was played after I wrote that last night. That's just a side note for you. I just think that's really cool. Romans 8, 38 and 39. I don't have a slide for it. I'm just going to read it to you. Neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth or any other thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ our Lord. When you start believing that God is for you, it changes everything about your life. It changes everything, the way you think, the way you feel, the way you live. It changes everything. When you believe God is for you, you stop seeing Him as some kind of angry God that gets pleasure out of punishing you every time you do something wrong. And you start seeing Him as His loving God that instead of wants to punish you, He wants to correct you because He loves you. He wants to forgive you. He wants you to pull you back out of that sin. He's not punishing you just to be means like, ha I'm going to do this to you because you did that. That's not why he does it. Do you ever punish your kids just to be mean to them? That, that may be a bad question because some people might do that. <laughs> I don't know. Have we ever punished Kylie just to be mean to her? We usually don't even punish her for anything hardly. But <clears throat> Well, she is perfect like me, you know. But anyway, I forgot where I was going with that now. But you don't punish your kids usually just to be mean to them. You punish them because they broke some kind of rules and you're punishing them to teach them not to do it because you love them and you want to correct them. He's not up in heaven with this big grab bag of punishments I'm like, okay, you sin, let's see, you're going to lose your car today. That's not how God is. He's doing it because he loves us. God is for you, not against you. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I know everybody in here has heard that, that scripture probably dozens or hundreds of times throughout your life. Most people think the focus of this verse is Jesus, and I, I agree it is to some extent. But I think really the focus of this verse is really showing us that God loves us so much that He was willing to give us His Son. He willingly gave up Jesus, His only Son, for us. Now, if you got a bunch of kids and you might be willing to give up one, I'm going to be like, take this one. But if you got one, you probably don't want to give it up. Uh, depending on the day, you make it have Kylie. I don't know. Especially when she's trying to like get dressed and stuff in the morning. I don't have no clothes. We just got like what the closet full. But God has always been, God is for you, and God will always be here for you. God is always for you in everything. Even the times you gave up on God, anybody ever been there? Well, I'm tired of following God. I'm tired of trying to do right. When every time I try to do right, it just don't work out. So even the times you give up on God, He didn't give up on you. 
the times you got busy and forgot about God for a while, he never forgot about you. You know, busyness is one of the worst things that we have to deal with today because we get so busy we forget to do all kind of stuff. And one of the main things that gets forgotten a lot of times is God. But even though we forget about him sometimes, he never forgets, forgets about us. The times you stop following God, like I said, sometimes life gets busy or you get aggravated or something happens and you're so I'm just kind of tired of God right now. But when you stop following him, he turned around and started following you. Some of you have great dads. But even if you had the greatest dad on the planet in here, it's not going to compare to the God or to the father that you have in God. You know, some people may not have had great dads. And I hate that for you. But if that is true, don't let that tarnish you on what our Father in Heaven is really like. Even if you had a, a bad dad or no dad at all, don't let that tarnish the image of a Father in Heaven. He can't, and He never will be against you. Isn't that a pretty cool thought? That no matter what you do to Him, God can never ever be against you? Think about uh, Judas. Now, he ate at the table with Jesus. Jesus, Jesus washed his feet knowing what he was going to do to him. Even knowing that he was going to be the one to betray him, God was still for Judas at that point. God was still for Paul. I mean, he was killing Christians. And look what happened to him. He, he ended up being one of the ones that wrote most of the New Testament. <clears throat> you ever seen a kid at, uh, usually Toys R Us, but I don't think any Toys R Us exist anymore. I remember going in Toys R Us when I was a kid and it just looked like this huge wall of toys and then I remember when we went in there shopping for Kylie when she was younger. I'm thinking, man, this looks really small. Either I grew up or they got a lot less toys. I don't know which one it was. But I remember being in there sometimes and there would be these little kids running around they just look at stuff and they're like, oh wow, that is awesome. Look at all this stuff here. And I think a lot of times Christians have lost that wow factor with God. You know, a lot of times we're not really wowed by him anymore. A lot of times we don't really realize how awesome he is. Uh, but I want to tell you again, what you believe about God, how he feels towards you, directly affects everything about your life. And I want to give you three things that happens when you do believe that God is what? There you go. You're getting it. Number one, when you believe God is for you, it drives out fear with hope. Hope is closely related to the words expecting and trust. So if you believe God is for you, it drives out hope or it drives out fear by expecting Him to deliver on His promises. We all know this is a crazy time we're living in, especially with the whole COVID thing and having to wear face masks. Um, you know, people are getting sick and people are in hospitals. Businesses are shutting down, people losing their jobs, people worried about sending their kids to school. Some of them, some of them are just like, all right, go to school, get out the house. I can't visit family in nursing homes. My dad's in a nursing home. We ain't been able to see him since it started in the beginning of March. Uh, election coming up, and there's just so many other things. And it's easy to let fears and unknowns of what's going on in the world drain the hope completely out of us. Isn't that right? But if you believe God is for you, you can face every single struggle with hope. Everything that you do, you can face it because you know you have hope in Him. No matter what's going on in your life, true hope can only come from a lifestyle of living for God. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace 
and believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as I just mentioned, the state of the world today, it drains out the hope of, in us, but it also drains out all of our joy and our peace, doesn't it? If you lose hope and stuff, you kind of lose all your joy, you lose your peace, and you're just kind of like going through life like blah, blah. You're just not happy, you're not, you're not feeling good or anything. But the good news is there's a promise in the scripture. If you continue to keep your faith in Jesus, God will fill you with the hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's not just you having to go get hope on your own. The scripture promises by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's actually God putting His Spirit into us and filling us with that hope. And this isn't just a little hope. In the original language, the word translated abound means over and above. So you're not going to just get some little bit of hope. You're going to get a lot of hope. You're going to get a lot of joy. You're going to get a lot of peace that comes along with hope. Doesn't that sound like an awesome life? I think it does. How many of you would like to have more joy and peace and hope in your life? Probably every one of us. Barbara's in the back. She said, I do. <laughs> At least one person does. When you believe you have the true hope that God gives you through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will also be filled with joy. You will also be filled with peace. No matter what you go through. Again, think about Paul when he was in prison. He didn't write in there, man, I hate being in prison. This place is awful. Everything he wrote was still positive. He still had hope, joy, and peace, even in the worst circumstances. And that's how we need to be. The world can't promise you this. The world can never promise you peace, joy, hope, or anything. Only God can. And when you believe God is for you, fear is replaced with hope. And number two, when you believe God is for you, it gives you boldness. Boldness means confident, courageous, strong, and assurance. He didn't want you just to come in here today and put a check mark on your calendar and be like, all right, I went to church today, I'm good. He wants a relationship with you. He wants fellowship with you. He wants to love you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to have prayer with you. He wants you to study his word. He wants to have as much intimate fellowship with you as he possibly can. And because of that, we know we can enter into his presence with boldness, knowing he wants us there. Ephesians 3.12 says, In Christ and through faith in him, we may approach God with boldness and confidence. I want you to imagine yourself for a minute going to talk to your parents, probably as a little kid or something. But I want you to imagine they're busy or something, they don't want you to bother them. Would you really be confident going in there to talk to them? No, because you're going to be like, I know they're busy or they, I know they don't want to see me right now. But now imagine that they can't wait to see you. You're going to have a whole lot more confidence going in there to talk to them. Uh, it's kind of like when Kylie used to go to the children's garden here. We showed Vicki some pictures that she colored. How old was she then? I don't know. She was, she was something years old back then. <laughs> All right, she was four apparently. She colored some pictures and we showed Vicki and it was... I probably shouldn't tell everybody, but it was Miss Vicky's cat and Mike bumping the cat around the house. So I don't know if you kicked the cat a lot or what, but, but anyway, when she would get out of school, she would be so happy to come home and see us. She would talk nonstop from the time she got in the truck to the time she went to bed. Hopefully she didn't talk through class. I don't know. But she was confident that we wanted to see her too. And that's the way God is. He is confident that he wants to see us and we are confident that he does want to see us. 
And this is a picture I want you to get of God. He's up there waiting on us, you know, just like we were waiting on her to come out. God's waiting on us to come to him, and we can do that with boldness. We can come into his presence with confidence. We come into his presence with courage and assurance that he wants us to have fellowship with us. He wants to love us. He wants to strengthen us and guide us in his way and his will. Believing God is for us also gives us boldness to follow God's will for our life, regardless of the struggles we face. Because no matter what we face, we know we have that hope. We know we have that boldness that God's going to give us through the Holy Spirit to continue doing his will. When you believe God is for you, it gives you boldness. And number three, when you believe God is for you, you become completely devoted to him. Now this goes back to the question I asked you in the beginning, in case you were wondering why I asked that now. Um, it's hard to be completely devoted to something if that something's not completely devoted to you, isn't it? Imagine being completely devoted to your husband or wife and wanting to spend time with them and talk to them and have fellowship with them, and they don't want anything to do with you half the time. That doesn't, it's not going to work. You have to be completely devoted to each other, and this is true. Like I said, marriages, friendship, work, the list could go on and on and on. And so the fact that God is completely devoted to us should make us want to be completely devoted to Him. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. As you can see, I like to eat for sure. Notice it mentions eating and drinking first. These are important things. These are things that you have to do. But then I love the fact that it goes on to say whatever you do. It doesn't matter what else you do. You're supposed to do it to the glory of God. Whether it's sitting at home on the internet looking at stuff. Make sure you're doing whatever you're looking at is glorifying God. Everything in our life is supposed to glorify God and should be done according to His Word. If we're completely devoted to Him, we live for Him 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, every day of the year, every day of the century. We're supposed to be completely devoted to Him. Jesus was completely devoted to us when He went to the cross. We're supposed to be completed, completely devoted to Him with our life. I would even say the smaller things are really kind of where it comes down to revealing what your heart really is. It's easy to follow God sometimes in the bigger things because we know people are watching us. But what about the smaller things? The smaller things in life that we know we could probably get away with because nobody's watching us, but, you know, God's always watching. If you were walking to, into the church this morning with a group of people and you saw some trash laying over on the side, would you pick it up and bring it in and throw it away? Hopefully you would say yes. But what if you were walking in alone and you know nobody was going to see you? Would you still pick it up and bring it in and throw it away? And that's kind of what I'm talking about, those small things. It's not nothing to do with a piece of trash. It's because you're taking the time to do what's right. You're taking the time to pick up the trash and bring it in and throw it away and clean up God's house. These are the smaller things. These are the instances that I think really reveal our hearts. You know, these are the instances I think tell us, are we really living for God? Or are we only really living for God when other people can see us? When you believe God is for you, you become completely devoted to Him. And I hope these three things that I've given you here show you that what you believe about God's feelings towards you directly affects the way you live your life. Whatever you believe how God thinks about you or feels about you will affect everything you think and do. And I encourage you to read the Bible. 
There you can read through it. There are numerous scriptures all through it that tells you how much God loves you. Tells you how God is for you and God is completely devoted to you. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, you're not just another face in the crowd. You're not just somebody sitting on a pew in church here this morning. You're not just taking up space. He knows your name because you are his son or daughter. Isn't that a cool thought? He actually chose you to be born. He chose you to be his son or daughter. This is so important for us to realize, but I think we miss it sometimes. I think we think like God is mad at us or God's out to get us or God's being unfair to us, and that's just not the truth. That's just a lie that the devil has thrown into the world for us to believe. God's not against you. God is for you always. We all deserve hell, right? But God showed up and gave us heaven because he is what? There you go. He is for us. He will give your life purpose. He'll give your life hope. He'll give your life boldness if you stay devoted to Him. That's what it takes is devotion. He wants you to live for Him. He wants you to serve Him. He wants fellowship with you more than anything. If you read the Bible front to back, the whole main point of it, I think, is uh, redemption but through relationship. Uh, Jesus always talked and taught about restoring people, restoring people to the kingdom restoring people to be saved. That's what He wants. And the way you do that is being devoted to Him. He will help you become who He wants you to be and help you to do what He wants you to do. Because every one of us have a purpose. Every one of us has a certain will that He wants done. You know, he created, created every one of us with a purpose to do, something to do. And if you're devoted to Him and pray about it, He's going to reveal that to you. He's also going to give you the power to fulfill that. Maybe you're here today and you've never accepted them. I don't know. I can't ever. I'm not the one that gets to judge people's salvation. Luckily, I don't want that job. But maybe you are one of the people here that has never been and never accepted them. Or maybe you have accepted them, but you know that you haven't really completely devoted your life to them. Maybe something else is on your mind that you need to talk about or pray about. And in the next few minutes, that's what this time's going to be for. If you want to talk about something, pray about something. If you want to completely devote your life to Him, maybe you need to give your life to Him for the first time. We're going to have a few minutes to do that. And unfortunately, I know churches around the world have kind of somehow fallen away from people coming up to pray. And I don't really understand exactly why that is. But that's happening in churches all over. But don't let that deter you from doing it. You know, if you have something on your mind and heart that you want to pray about and you leave here without doing it, you let the devil win that time. And we don't need to do that. As Christians, we need to stomp them. We need to let God win every time. As the worship team comes up here, I'm going to pray for you. We're going to have that time if you need to come talk, pray, or whatever. This is your time to do it. So, Father, we thank you, God, for being for us. And just like the verse says, Lord, if you are for us, who can be against us? And we know the answer to that question is nobody. God, I pray that everyone listen will make this truth and allow it to change their life. And God, give us hope and boldness as we come, become completely devoted to you, Lord. It is in your name we pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.